Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Spin Rack. Today we're talking about DC News, right? We saw some very troubling things this week, and um, we definitely had to comment on some of the issues. But the first and primary, the number one issue that we've heard is there's the bloodbath going on over at DC. And my gosh, some of the top talents are getting, well, some of the, some of the back end executives are getting knocked out. They've been there for many, many years. So I'm here once again with the crew themselves, Cal and Petey. Hey, I'm going to let Petey take this on. Intro, baby. Well, I guess the first thing I would say, let's start off with some good news. And look, we're getting an absolute Wonder Woman edition. But so this is finally, bleeding cool, right? They finally, yeah, this is I'm bleeding cool because they have a lot of the, they got a lot of the other stuff that's going on too. But um, this is good news for me because they, you know, anything that was a decent seller, an okay seller, they put that on the side for absolute editions. But anything that's outside of Jim Lee, of course you gotta make a Jim Lee. Well, I don't know why there's a absolute edition of For Tomorrow, the Superman For Tomorrow. But, the art um, is great. <laughs> that's it. You know, so, I mean, we got this, this is coming, which is great. So now what other good news do we have? We have- um, Why is that good news? Prequel. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that story. I think it was a fantastic, uh, a great story um, that came out. And the fact that they, first, they just came out with a, um, what do you call that, a, a, a graphic novel, you know, that seems to be selling well. I think when you look at Amazon, I think it was one of the top um, graphic novels out there, you know, big up for DC, big up for Fabro, for Fabric, and for Jeff Johns, of course. Jeff Johns at this moment is a hot hand, hot hand. Um, Sequel? Sequel? Yeah, it's like, I think it said it's going to be like a one shot, but it's going to be possibly informing the universe. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, are you, are you disagreeing somehow, Cal? Yes, yes, I'm disagreeing. All right, yes. so then we plow on, Petey. Plow on. What? What do you got to say, Cal? It's not going to work. They didn't. This, this is they're they're um thinning the soup, getting a sequel out of this. They're supposed to. I I I, I told you guys this stuff is going to be um, good enough. I mean, and you guys are like, no, no. This, they already left the door open so they can do a sequel for Doomsday Clock. Some of this stuff needs to be done. Okay, that's it. It's not like, oh, you know what? The numbers were good. We got, you know, we got to get some more money out of this, like Secret Wars. What we're doing, like Secret Wars 8, <laughs> you know, Secret Wars, Secret oh. Wars 2015, along those lines. I just don't see what else do you have to say about this story? Well, let's keep it infinite crisis, millions of crisis. <laughs> Marvel did their millions of secret wars in one big secret wars. Infinite Crisis is DC right now in terms of their firing and layoffs. That's where you got crisis. Well, wait, 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 wait. we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to get That's to that. the skies are turning red. <laughs> and then Look. the last, I guess the last bit of news outside of the bloodbath is now that Marie Jevons, she's the top person now. And everyone else was let go. Everyone else was going after that, and we're worried about our boy, everyone's favorite, Jim Lee. Superman? They're not getting rid of Superman. How? Well, I mean, Jim Lee drew this. This is another auction thing. When you, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> but this is uh, this is what they'd be losing. The, I mean, he, the, Marie is not reporting. It doesn't have to report to Jim Lee, so. There's speculation from some sectors 
that he's the next to go, but they let a lot of people go at this. DC. Why would they let Jim Lee go when he's not doing anything? And he's pretty much, if he, she doesn't have to report to him, that means she's going to do the work. He gets to take his three-day nap, get up, oh my gosh. <laughs> draw some art, make some Yo, money, and go, back you, and go back to sleep. What's, why are you always dissing Jim? Why the hell are you always dissing Jim? Jim because it's funny. You know, no, but it's funny. He's not right. Not, not, now you sound like Trump. Oh, it's funny. You want to insult and give someone a name? No, he I'm is the whole, cool dude. I'm not insulting Jim Lee as an artist. Okay, we all know hands down that Jim Lee is better than 99% of the guys out there, even on his worst day. Now, as a publisher, I, I don't mind coming over there and taking a few shots for some for, for some giggles and some laughs because Didio was pretty much the was pretty much the front man taking all the hits, and Jim Lee was over there explaining. All the, he was explaining storylines with people didn't like. Okay, so yes, Jim Lee will come over there and he will take some shots as a publisher, great artist, and that's what we know him for. Now that being said, okay, once Jim Lee, again, why would you get rid of Jim Lee when this guy can turn out this much for you? And all we got to do is keep him rested with his regular nap time, and we're good. So, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that, you know. Going back to wait, somebody just made a comment. Three Jokers was hot. What are you guys talking about? You see, even I, we, we, even you guys see that people like Three Jokers. And again, informing on that universe, Batman knew that who should, can I say what it is, um, Petey, about the Three Jokers? Yeah, yeah. The, Spoilers. The, 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 the ba Batman, go. Batman knew who the Joker was all this time, and even know whose family is. You know, there were three Jokers. So let's get out. Let's get that out the box. There was three Jokers. Whatever. No question. And that's what he was dealing with over the years. So, you know, uh, so you dislike it, but the populace like it. It's going to be the hottest selling comic of the year. It's going to be the hottest, um, hey, one of the top of comics. I had a comment to that. You know that um, Fabian, what was it, Yeah. he said in, uh, for the X-Men, he had a bit where he said um, Cyclops had a third brother. And they're now doing a story about that umpteen years later. Only the nuts are going out and buying that. The same nuts that have bought the three jokers. Because it's like, oh, I, this issue of the X-Men now is going to go up in price because Mr. Simpson said, your third summer's brother. He said, no, three. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, two. Like, no one asked for this stuff. But if you get a good artist, you get a hot writer, like like um, Jeff Johns and um, Bob like you're going to get success. You know, and people like that that thread that they heard way back when with um I think Graham Morrison. That's what it is, in my opinion. <laughs> and we have to take that with a huge grain of salt, okay? Because okay. one of our people just came out and said something totally different about that. You know, um. So let's get into the to the big news on DC, guys. Okay, this is called DC Bloodbath, right? Yes. All right. So the question is. Basically, it looks like the entire marketing of, of DC was just totally decimated. I mean, we're just talking about just, they're just getting rid of everybody. Yes. People who've had like yes. over what, 50, 60 years of, I mean, combined, I think they have over a hundred years of experience, all of these guys who've been there. And um, DC now has been taken, just, to, just to, 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 to remind people, DC was taken over by Warner Brothers, which was taken over by AT&T. You know? So DC has always been part of Warner Brothers for a while. But it was taken over by AT&T and AT&T is trying to make, you know, they spent a lot of money on this property on, you know, uh, the Warner Brothers Studios and HBO and, and DC. And they are trying to get this stuff to generate more cash and, of course, stop losing money. So 
they are cutting. They cut what they cut the the the, the LA staff last a couple of months ago, two three months ago, and now they're cutting um, the the upper echelons of DC. And it's uh, it's been pretty bad. It's been pretty pretty brutal. And they're, they're basically promoting um, writers and, and and artists who they're getting rid of some of the older ones. I don't want to say older, but more expensive ones, and getting in and promoting some of the the more uh, up and coming artists and writers um, now. Which is, I mean. I, I give credit, I give good luck to all those guys too, but I think we need to also look at this as an opportunity. Probably this may be the next new comic age, golden age, where people, uh, um, artists and creators are going to come out with new things and reach out to new audiences and give us a whole new renaissance. This may be the new golden age. Of course, right now, it looks like, the, it looks like a depression. It looks like the darkest night that a lot of these guys have, but I'm hoping that these, um, these crazy cuts of what's happening during a pandemic, which are nuts. Um, hopefully that they're able to turn this around and, you know, you know, create something, you know, especially the fact that the marketing department who, you know, I just want to give a, a big shout out that when we've been at cons, the marketing department has helped it out a couple of times, right guys. And so hopefully we'll continue to uh, have those guys. The marketing part is the ones that allow people to talk to the artists. Exactly. I would say the, the thing that I would say, um, Ultimately, the marketing department kind of took over the comics in the 90s. You could see them push for more events. So that's the only thing I would say against that sort of thing. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to hear so many people lost their jobs. So, Yeah, it's horrible. It's like horrendous. What's your take on this, Cal? Well, I'm hoping that these new round of layoffs slash fire well their layoffs i'm hearing are in the same vein as the others where people had time they gave them like three months to yeah. get themselves you know they weren't it wasn't automatic that they did have time to look for you know new employment you know weren't just being thrown out on the street you know for lack of a for lack of a better phrase i'm i really don't know i expected this to happen that there would be you know, that they would do a lot of what they call restructuring, and that would mean layoffs. But because of also what's going on, uh, thanks to COVID, and, you know, revenue is not necessarily what it is. I don't know if they're taking advantage of that to say, well, look, we're just going to really clean house here. We're going to try to downsize this so we can try to, under the auspices of making it more profitable. But comic books in and of themselves have never been this very profitable medium. Can you make money? Yes. But this is pretty much where you go and you generate all those ideas that are going to make more money for you in terms of television, uh, in terms of licensing, in terms of films. You know, this is where you went and you put in that particular money where these guys could go cut loose and they would come up with these, you know, ideas and then you could translate them there. I don't know if they, I don't know if AT&T really understands this or if these guys are feeling a crunch and they're like, look, we want our money back and we're going to get it one way or the other. And if we got to like let some of you guys go, that gets us some money. And then we'll see if we can get some money this way. And then you got guys like uh, Van Cyber, you know, coming out, you know, oh, you know, DC's going to, you know, stop. They're only going to do digital. If you really want to put a knife, you, if you really want to put a knife in the comic book industry, let DC do that because Marvel can't sustain this on their own. And those small publishers can't do it at all. So I'm really uncertain what the future looks like because I don't know if AT&T understands exactly what they've got there with Warner Brothers, DC had a parent company that pretty much allowed them to, you know, get stuff done. Because if not, DC would have been belly up 
and gone with the DC implosion in the 1970s. But DC could come, you could make some mistakes, you could not necessarily be as profitable, but because they were part of a much larger parent company, because they were part of a much larger parent company, that allowed them a lot of cushion where they could do certain, they could do certain things and still come back and then have like some really great years like they did in the, uh, the 80s. I don't know if I don't know if AT&T understands that. I think Disney has a better understanding of that where Marvel gets to come over and do some wild stuff that I would never approve of in terms of somebody who uh, is like, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? What do you mean you got like 17 covers for this one book? What the hell is that? What do you mean these guys got to buy 150 copies of a book to get this one cover? How is that making us any money? You know, I don't think they would necessarily go around for it, but they're pretty much left alone to sort things out for themselves so long as they don't start bleeding money, which comics have never really been to that point. They may not, you, you had you know, like Marvel going bankrupt, but it was never to the point like where these guys were on fumes. They may have made some poor business decisions, but you know, they were never like to the point where, okay, you know, at the end is nine, the skies are red. I don't understand. I don't know if AT&T understands that. I don't know what they want to get out of DC in terms of the comics. Okay, I don't know if they what they want to get there. If you're looking, well, I want to see, uh, you know, X amount of profit. You may not be able to get that from comics. You know, comic books in terms of a market, their heyday was back in the 1940s with the World War II, and they've had declining sales ever since then. It's not that type of medium; it never has been. So now, I'm, I really try to put my mind to it to say, look, I don't know what these guys want out of DC Comics, and because of that, I don't know if they're going to get it based on all of the layoffs that they're doing at this point. I don't know if this would be happening if the economy wasn't what it was right now. Okay. But it really just seems to me that they don't really, I don't think they understand how that division, you know, comic books work overall, because I don't think you're going to be getting, again, I'm, I'm at a loss because it's hard for me to go too much further with it. I'm not sure what it is that these guys want or what these guys are looking for and why they think they're going to be able to get it with this mass amount of layoffs that they're doing. I mean, yeah, I, I, you got it right. And uh, again, I got to just say, I'm, I'm sorry for the families of um, the, the, the creators, the artists, uh, the execs who are all losing their jobs in this difficult time right now because it sucks. Because right now, who, where are you going to go? You know, even if you have two, three months, Marvel's not hiring. You know, um, Image is hiring. I'm not sure. And I think... Um, Petey and I touched base on what are they going to do, you know, especially when you've been in a company for over 20 years, some, some of these guys, or 15 years, you know, how do you pick up those puzzles? And that's why I'm trying to say, trying to keep a, a light at the end of the tunnel where I'm saying, I'm hoping that, you know, some of these guys can get together somehow and be able to, to create new avenues, create a renaissance in this whole thing. Because, you know, we have to look at, say, if the old model wasn't working, as you're saying, um, Cal, something else has to do. And, and, and I've been advocating on this channel and you guys have been shooting me down where I've been saying that they got to they gotta get new characters. They have to be more diverse. They have to um, try different things. That's the only way it's going to work. And, you know, um, you know, Petey was saying about the comic skate guys, some of those guys are huge crowdfunding. Um, they have a huge crowdfunding markets. And I don't know if the future may hold that for some of the comic creators and, and these guys who are, who are no longer part of the, uh, no longer part of DC. But, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I'm not even sure where they're going to go from here other than probably they'll be the new image, you know? I'm not sure. They have the contacts. They have the, the connections. They can get access to the talent. You know, it's just a question of having the money and uh, to and the push to do it. And 
I hope they do. I, I, I hope they do. I hope they're able to to reinvent themselves. I'm ho- I hope they're able to, um, you know, do better than where they were before, or you know, whether it monetarily or have more freedom or be able to do what they want instead of, you know, always waiting for who the new corporate bosses are going to be. So I mean, uh, kudos to them. And um, like you said, it's the writing's been on the wall for quite a long time, and these American comics have have not ventured as far as they could. But I, I have to disagree on one thing though. I think. The way you look at DC, the way that when you look at Marvel, they have um, they have um, been the generators of the billions of dollars that the studios have made. You know, yeah. the IP that they created has done it, and the stories that they've written has set up the framework that these characters go on forward. And these movie, the if you look at it, if this is a, a typical normal. Um, what do you call that relationship between a studio and a creator? They would be getting like a three percent royalty or a two percent royalty, right? We should be feeding into the comic books, uh, which will feed back into the comic books, which they can utilize to develop and hire better talent. Uh, not I wouldn't say not the talent they have, but hire more talent. You know, um, be able to do more things. And I think what's happening is that all that money that's grown that's made over there is kept over in the studios. It's kept over in the team. It never comes back. You know, they don't. But they should. They should be able. And so the only reason they're kept on by a lot of these. Um, companies like Marvel and DC is like, hey, um, it's it's a, it's an idea generator, and and they're like, hey, probably we can end up using some of these ideas later. You know, that's my thing. What's your thought, Kyle, PD? Well, um, ultimately, I was, I was commenting back to Metal Blood Lord six 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 two seven two three, but. Um, Ultimately, I, I wanted to I wanted to chime into one other thing. I'm sorry to shift to something else because there's one other big thing that happened during this um, this bloodletting. Did they? Did anyone? Do you guys know Mark Doyle, the editor Mark Doyle? No, no not off the top. Nope. All right. So hold on. Let's look at this. Basically, remember the Batman and Catwoman proposal issue? Yeah. Well, Mark Dole was um, recently canned, right? He was recently fired. And obviously, Tom King worked with him, so he had some glowing things to say about, uh, you know, Mark Dole here. But Tom Brevoort, he said, hey, aren't you the, Tom King, aren't you the guy who got him fired? There <sighs> was an egg on Tom King's face yet again. Because he pushed out on Batman 24, the proposal issue. He actually, and he said this in press that, um, you know, he loves Mark Doe, but, you know, he needed a, a better artist on it. And Mark Doe being the editor saying, hey, you know, David's on vacation. He said, no, no, we need it. And he put his foot down. And then soon after, Doe was moved off, off, off of that book. And then now he was saying so many glowing things about Mark Doyle, but at the same time, oh no, it's changed to something else. But you know, ultimately, Tom Brevoort said something, reminded everyone about what happened. So it's a sad day, another sad day for Tom King. Yeah, it's not cool. But I mean, so let's move on to the Marvel. I mean, we know Marvel is going to, it's going to, there's rumors that there's going to be a huge um, cut coming up. About that? They say that that's happening, um, that's like months away or something like that. January 1st. I mean, at least they're waiting. Unlike DC, 
those guys cut these guys before the, the, the holidays, you know, which I think is like, you know, Scrooge's, as Scrooge's, as Scrooge's as possible, if there's such a word, you know, but, um, but at least Marvel's going to wait till the new year if they have to do it. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> if they have to do it. I don't know. I, I think it's, at this point, I think a cut is a cut, right? Yeah. A cut is a cut, but do you want to know, at least have go through the big, I don't know, probably right. And you say, hey, probably you won't get gifts, probably you won't do certain things. Who knows? Look, we, we knew if DC was making those cuts, the Marvel were going to make their cuts as well. And that's why, again, what I'm saying, what the initial cuts were, look, you, you're, you're going to be laid off, but you got three months. So you had some time. I don't know what the situation is with these. I don't know if they're effective immediately, if they got a couple of weeks as opposed to three months. But if they get the same amount of time, then they're not being ushered off in the middle of the holiday, in the middle of the holiday season, either one of them. So and the bottom line is, look, you know, the cut's going to be a cut. You know what's coming down the pike. So, and the thing is, these people who work, I don't work in publishing and I don't know how that works, but I would always think they, you know, these people pretty much go to the same places to get work. You know, so if you're not working for Marvel, you're going to DC. If you're not working for DC, you're going to Marvel. If you're not working for either one, you know, you're looking for something within publishing because that's where your career has been at the end of the day. So I'm not sure what the market is for that right now. My main concern, you know, aside of the people and their, you know, you know, positions, their profession, and making certain they can still make ends meet, you know, support themselves, support their families, whatever that may be. My, my hope is that, you know, the stuff that I'm hearing, I, I don't like when I hear speculation out of guys like Van Cyber who have been predicting the downfall of comics ever since they were able to make money with Kickstarter and give themselves a salary that way. Uh, again, but if you're not familiar with Kickstarter, Kickstarter, when it first started, this was a place you could go and you could generate some revenue in order to get your book published. Okay, in order to get the book published. So you didn't have to worry about necessarily paying the artist and the printing costs and the mark, you know, things you would have done for advertising. You could go there and you could get all of that money from people who were like, yeah, this looks like a good project. We want to support you. And then you could get the book done. Now, you were then supposed to publish your book and live off the sales of that particular book. At some point that changed because it would be that, okay, I'm putting out a, I'm putting out the first issue of Pringles Man, number one. And I would go and I would do a Kickstarter for it and then I'd produce it. Now I'm doing a Kickstarter for Pringles Man number two. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't you make any money off Pringles Man number one? Why are you coming back for another Kickstarter for Pringles? If you're not making any money off the sales of your book, okay, then what are you doing? You're going to Kickstarter and you're pretty much getting a salary, you know, from Kickstarter, you know, and that's how you're making your money. And then the books are something, the books are something else. So that was something that I that was something that I noted because if you're if you have a series and you've done a Kickstarter for you've had 12 issues and you've done a Kickstarter for all 12 issues of this particular series, it's either one, this series is not sustainable on its own, or two, you're making a lot of money off this series and a little bit of money off a Kickstarter, you know, off a Kickstarter as well. But these guys went did that, and then it became, well, look, since I can make money on a Kickstarter. You know, was you know? Let's forget the fact that I got my start at Marvel or DC Comics, and a lot of people saw my art or stories over there, and they followed me over to the Kickstarter. But since I can make money over here, then these big two companies are not. Their days are numbered. I may have to talk about it for 10, 20, 30 years that they're going to go down. Okay, but their days are numbered. So I, I've never really caught into that. When you hear cats like, uh, you know, Van Syver or or Liefeld, and they've always got something about, you know, you know, comics are going to pretty much go down. But then I said, well, look, if, a, if an entity like DC or Marvel goes down, do you honestly think that your Kickstarter project is going to be something to keep comics sustainable? I don't think so. 
you know, so I'm, I'm not sure why they come out with these particular notions, because if DC decided, you know what, we're going to cut back to just the 12, you know, like a Knights of the Roundtable, 12 characters, the most popular characters, everybody else we're going to be done with. You know, hey, I've, they've done stuff like that before, where they've scaled back, you know, titles, you know, to try to, re, you know, and then, you know, try to broaden out again. Marvel did the Spider-Man when uh, the clone saw, when the, uh, the whole thing with the clone went terrible, and they called all of those Spider-Man books back to two books, to two books. And then they said, okay, now of course it was gonna go further from two, call them all back so fans could have uh, reassurance that what they were reading was gonna be solid material and they could have a stronger focus on it. That I don't, you know, that's not a big deal. But the idea of them calling back saying, this is what it's gonna be it for the future and we're gonna go digital. No, those things don't help. Those things do not help overall. Um, I think probably one of the best examples of it have you guys been reading Superman, Man of Tomorrow? No. no. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> anyway, Superman, Man of Tomorrow is a digital release. It's a digital release, and it's probably some of the best Superman storytelling that I have read in some time. These are one-shot issues. These are self-contained stories, and they're not necessarily canon stories. But they're fun. They're light. They really get Superman's character correct. And if I was to tell someone, hey, go read it, they would say, oh, where can I pick it up? Oh, it's digital. <laughs> okay. This is something that's not going into the stores. So somebody, you know, guys have been telling me for a while, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm like, yeah, but you can only get it online. You can't go into a store and actually get it. And that's for me is a problem because something that is resonating this much with people who are reading it is not able to be accessed in the place that most people are going to get this type of material. So you decide we're gonna transition just to digital hey, most guys are not reading digitally to begin with. So I don't see how that helps. I don't, if that's the idea, I don't see how that helps overall at the end of the day. It's, it's just, for me, a very confusing, it's a very confusing set of circumstances and events as to what, what, they're, look, you know, what they're looking for. But anybody who wants to come and have their, you know, a cup full of schadenfreude right now uh, because they got an ax to grind with DC or Marvel Comics, then you're, not, you're really just not a firm player when it comes to comics overall. Because as much as you may not necessarily like Marvel or DC and independent or Kickstarter, it's all part. It's all part of the overall thing. And all you have is each other. You take out any of those particular aspects. This is not some massive juggernaut at the end of the day that can afford to lose this. You really need everything to keep everything going at this portion. I would only chime in that uh, with the Kickstarters, a lot of them they would do, they wouldn't be as regular as the Ethan Dance Skyvers. Like, I guess you say Steve Moves sketchbook, um, something outside of movies where movies you have to then make the movie and then solicit it after. But stuff like Kung Fu Fury, where you release Blu-rays and DVDs, that sort of thing can be one. But the frequency, I will agree, is a little, is a little like trying to turn it into a market which, you know, like I think Steve Ditko, which we've talked about before, they've done their books, but it's the frequency is like, I don't know, every six months or something like that. And the same since I think um, Steve Root had done a newspaper thing, which gave you uh, for Nexus. And now he did something years later on the, uh, of the creation of a book. But now with the frequency, these artists, they're getting, I think those guys have multiple books and multiple titles. So it's kind of, um, kind of a little much so we you know we have to see how it goes but i mean there is a, there, the, most of the time you, they built in 
the um, sales of the book within the um, within the, the pledges and the different gifts that you can get the what's the name edition the, the, the hardcore the, I mean I got a bunch here I just got some here one here one here right now but, um, yeah but it's just that that's one the one different but um ultimately and I will then agree and also with Ethan Van Sky because he's just talking I mean ultimately he's in the know because he just talked about the DC bloodbath leaves female interns as editors. So it's like, how does he know this stuff? I mean, he's an insider, but it'd be, it'd be really hard to say that they got rid of a lot of um, the editors that have, probably have salaries because they've done the work for many years and now they had to give it to the interns. <laughs> that would be pretty terrible, but. I mean that's I mean I don't know if that's proof that we can't believe it, but he's going in and he's going in right now. So he's not gonna stop. He's out there. Like let's look at some of his titles on this thing. Um, uh, still SJW stuff. I that'll get Mars upset. Can't talk about that. Um, why are we even talking about this dude? You know, I don't understand why he's on the inside track. The DC loses, uh, but but uh, what he has one or two friends who tells him what's going on. Everybody got an inside track. We probably have friends in there after all this time. Have an inside saying, track. You know what I'm trying to say? Look, all I'm just saying is that look, is someone just put a quite uh, um, I think it's no prize nation was saying, hey, is it even a viable option Kickstarter for for marketing guys? You know, I don't think I don't understand. Jeez, That's why I was saying guys have lost their jobs. Yeah, that's what we're no, talking about. they got to get another job. But this is what I'm trying to say. We're talking about creators and, and stuff. Where are they going to go unless they start connecting? These guys have connections to all the comic book guys, right? The comic book stores, right? They have access to, to, the, to the big box stores. Well, not big box stores, but like the Barnes and Nobles and stuff where these graphic novels and stuff are being sold on Amazon. But hold, hold on, let me just say, the point I'm trying to make is, is that, you know, if, if, if we really see the comic book industry going down in terms of how this, the amount of sales that it once had. But what's happening too now is that there's a huge um, dependence by a whole group of other people. You know, you have the comic book stores, right? They depend on the comic book, the, particularly Marvel and DC to continually put things out so that they can sell to their customers, you know, and maintain those customers and their stores. You also have the collectors, you know, who, if we start moving to digital, how do you, how do you collect the digital comic? Is there a way to do that, Cal? On your collective digital copy? Yeah, that's not a possible way. Uh, yeah, this is as a, far as I, I can. I mean, you can collect the digital copy in the same manner that you collect a hardcover copy. You can download it and you can keep it somewhere. But how do you sell it as a as a as, sorry as a as a as a yeah as a collector? You're like, hey, this how do you sell it Amazon. as a collectible? Yeah, you, you don't. Can't. That's the point I'm trying to make. So there's an industry of people out there doing that right now. You know, and look at the, the 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 people who press and grade comics. Instead of grading comic, the quality of the comic, they're gonna have to have to just do reviews of the comics and grade it on that end. But you know, that whole pressing market is all gone. I'm not saying it should. It sh I'm not no, saying there should be a change. The press is still but, there. The press is still there. It's not as big, and obviously, the people on Kickstarter are connected to the press because they're making the books after that. The thing about digital which is, I mean, this is comics turning into a vanity press, right? Either side with Kickstarter, with DC making it, uh, you know, possibly going to less titles. We don't have any proof that they go into that little amount of titles. But the idea that the digital thing with the young people, 
who like the idea of printing, people are printing out their own comic books. I don't think that's going to save the market, but <laughs> if you see Ed Pisco, the guys who do you know, the cartoon kayfabe, they have their comics and people are printing out their stuff and they're doing their own sort of print thing. So there's funding, but that's not to defend digital working, but it's just one. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay. Well, no, it's a big conversation. I was just saying a bit. It's but but it is a big conversation. You know why? What I'm trying to get to here is that it is, it is. But here's what I'm trying to get to here. And probably you and Cal can tell me about this. When image, the big um, uh, implosion with image, right, happened, didn't a lot of the comics just go away or did they stay? They just couldn't afford to continue. Am I correct? Yeah, but comics uh, cancel all the time. Right, but it was for a while. It wasn't for a day or a year. It was for a while, wasn't it? Um, it was for a while, but I mean, the whole comic industry was struggling. Outside of Marvel and DC got their footing. It's hard to tell with Image because you had Spawn, even though Spawn wasn't making, wasn't, uh, I guess, sort of in the top 10 anymore, but uh, possibly the bigger selling, best selling title they had. And they possibly had some things, I can't remember any of the other hits during that period, but somehow they were maintaining before they went total indie because they kind of went almost total indie with a couple superhero things. That's when the Robert Kirkman comes back in because they did, um, what's that thing? Um, the Super Patriot and then Invincible. And so it was like, but I don't, it's hard to remember anything else besides Spawn because you had, you know, you had Top Cow stuff, which had the darkness and, so, and his Witchblade, Witchblade, with the guy, the person who passed, that uh, artist who passed. So they had some things, some successes with that. I think um, Jim Lee, on the other hand, he had, before he left, he had a lot of his um, cliffhanger stuff, but those guys kept running out. They had successes and they danger girl and they would run to like, to um, animation and or computer games. And then Battle Chasers got some numbers and then they, that dude went to animation, or I think he went to video games too. So that is, it's hard to say the successes because you had Jim Lee doing, um, you know, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And then next thing you know, all that's gone. So the only thing I can remember is really the darkness, um, Spawn, of course. I think Jim Valentino wasn't published anything. Obviously, Rob Liefeld was out. And um, who's left? Eric Larson's doing Savage Dragon, but. The sales on that, I don't think was anything to, you know, to make a big deal about. I guess, I don't know. It's, it's hard to imagine how he's making the money on that now, you know. Right, but what, what I've been thinking, probably what I'm trying to lead you down to this road, and I don't know, is that probably DC and Marvel, what they need to do is start, you know, they had the Elsewhere titles at one point where they gave author creators partial ownership of some of these um, um, comics that, were, that hit off and did well, you know. Um, and, and what I'm saying is, is that, you know, you have a brand distribution. DC is a brand. Yes, they do comics that they specialize in superheroes. Probably they need to, they start doing the Young Animals line and, and where they have new comics to different titles. You know, I think they need to start doing something along those lines where you can bring out new talent, new, you know, and they have the, the DC distribution behind them. And, you know, they may get a Kirkman, but you won't know unless you try. You won't know unless you give people a chance. You won't know and see if a character will be successful. And if it is, probably then you could bring it back into the DC universe. And, um, well, you know. Outsource like Marvel does to IDW. What? 
You don't know about them outsourcing like a couple titles in the in some of their reprints to IDW. I've seen the reprints. I didn't know they were working that closely together. Some adventure. I think there's a Marvel adventure line that they they let Marvel they let um, IDW publish. And when they Whoa. were trying to get the burn the, the was it the burn spec project the, the editor Chris Ryle he was trying to talk them into it but they were kind of like <laughs> they were like that's not that that sounds too a little too good they, I don't know what have they said no but I, I don't think they would want if they they wanted in their regular stables they were going to do it anyway so yeah I mean there's options that they could try that they did they're really downsizing that much I only wanted to say when you're talking about the sales. In the, set, in the marketing people. As far as comics, when we were growing up, and I didn't know only reading about it through possibly Peter David, that was a Carol Kalish. Like that's the biggest name in sales that I knew about, but I didn't know really what they did. So it's kind of hard. It wasn't that many big names as far as the people selling and putting, getting posters and having stuff for the, you know, to put to the, you know, the market, the, give, give to the distributors and the different comic stores. But then you kind of hear after that point where they say, hey, we need a, the, we need a new, um, we need the marketing's like, we need a new X-Men and, and we need them to be black. And then we get Bishop and that sort of thing where they kind of push and they sort of do that stuff. So, I mean, I think it's hard to say that the people losing jobs, but um, I just want to bring up that, that Carol Kalish was the only one I really knew as a fan. So, and that was way later. That was like, well, my late teens. But we've met these guys, and this is what the the, the sadness of we've met some yeah, of these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. And in the cons, we've met them. Like I said, they've been very, particularly DC has always been their market department has been very um, good with yes, yeah, interviews yeah. and and telling us photo ops and when events are happening and stuff like that. What about, I mean, I, it's really friendly. what about the Marvel yeah. one? What did they do? Well, Oh, it was a whole nother ball of wax. So I'm not even going to go there. But I mean, my dealings have been primarily with DC, and I found DC to be extremely friendly. I mean, DC were guys where I came, and you know, I wasn't on the, you know, I wasn't even on the, uh, the manifest. The people who were supposed to get interviews, but they said, "Look, you can come in, and we can squeeze you in. We'll squeeze you in. If somebody cancels, you can have that spot." Uh, you know, our, you know, people were just really, you know, they were just really cool in terms of wanting the interviews to come out. I was also uh, also did a, another show where I would just approach the talent. And a lot of these guys were like, yeah, sure. You know, talk, you know, for a few minutes, uh, willing to be videoed, even if they didn't necessarily know I was going to be doing video. Uh, thank you, Lee Weeks. You know, thank you, uh, Greg Pack. You know, so I just found them to be, and when, the, when they were working with DC, as they're not, you know, DC staff or anything, you know, just to be really cool uh, people at the end of the day. Now, I haven't. Had an, I haven't had the uh, same dealings with Marvel on that level, but I just found them to be really, uh, really accommodating, you know, for, you know, the uh, position that I was in and the stuff that we wanted to do, which was really trying to promote what they were doing on the comics and promote the comics overall. So I didn't have, yeah. I never yeah. had any issues like that. They were very good like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, but only image is the same way too. We've had um, very good uh, um, things with image in terms of, um, they're, they're marketing people. So I look. Some people gonna say, "Oh, these are just execs. They're cut." But they have relationships. They have relationships with with um, sellers, with with with, with, the, um, with the like I said, the comic book companies and the the, the stores. And and that's who I feel with because 
if you look at the list of people who are, they're getting rid of people who are who have relationship with the, the, the stores. And comic book stores is where we go to buy. Yeah, we can easily buy it from Amazon or directly from the publisher. But where do you get the, the, the knowledge and breadth and the discussions you get at comic book stores? You know, this is the place where you can come around and just shoot the breeze with people. You know, you know, other people there, they're going to talk, hey, this guy is good. This, you know, read this. This is a really good episode. This is a good um, issue. Or, ah, this stuff is trash. I'm not, you know, they will tell you point blank. They don't, they're, they're not trying to push. They don't have an agenda. They're like, I like it, I like it. You know, I, I've met quite a few comic book guys who, people's retail, I haven't read it yet. And I can't give you an opinion on, on, on what it is. But, you know, there's a lot of comments, you know, or talk to such and such. And that's a good thing, you know, when you're trying to find out what to spend your, your hard-earned dollars on because there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of uh, comics coming out right now. I mean, I think back in 2013, I'm seeing some figure that there were over 2,000 comic book stores in 2013. I don't think there's that many now. Or if it is, it's probably around that, that, that amount. But it's, um, it's, it's, this is slowly going away and this pandemic has not helped it at all in any way whatsoever. You know, the market forces are driving these down. And of yeah. course, if there, are less, if there are less comic book stores around where people can come together and, 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 um, and purchase comics and talk to the, to, to the people at the store, you know, there's going to be less sales generally coming from the comic books going forward. I know for a fact, several of my um, friends have stopped buying physical comics. They just, or, no, that's not sure. Let me write it. Some have gone pure digital. They're like, hey, you know, I, this is a, a way for me to go. They've gone through the comicsology or, or directly through DC or, or, or Marvel, whatever the retailers are. And others have said, you know what, I'm not even going to go to comic book stores anymore. Just order the comics and have it sent to me at home. You know, and you're like, wow. That's a pretty big change, you know? And I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, Cal or, or PD, but, you know, these type of things, when you have relationships, if you no longer have a person who has longstanding relationships with these companies, with these stores, then it's easy for you to say, ah, let's just cut it. We don't need to be dealing with this. We can get the money directly, you know? Well, I, I would only, I would chime in to say that's the horror. And I'm not, I'm not bringing up um, Ethan Van Skyver as a, being right because he's his celebration of the end of these of Marvel and DC means the end of the stores, which you know I go to Midtown on um, you know Seventh Avenue, and that's the store I regularly go to. There's one in my neighborhood off of um I don't go to it enough, but when I need a fix, I go out there on I think it's on Valley Road, but it's like that's one of the things that when you're saying you're you're kind of applauding the failure because of the bad practices, but these stores don't need that. These stores need business and they need comic books and the talent themselves, which is his peers, they need place to go and saying, hey, you know, you know, we have the connects with the, with the, with those guys, with the actual printing and all this stuff, we get comics done and this, that, and the Obviously, I got a bunch of them here. You got you can you can print your stuff and have it sent to you in the mail and this that and the other. But at the same time, these stores don't um, these stores don't need these stores need help, and we need things to stay together for a little bit longer, and you know possibly forever as long as there's need for comic books. So, I mean, they, you know, this is great going in and then seeing not just you know comics but toys and stuff you want to pick out. And regretfully, I've bought too many Batman action figures. I've got almost three of them now, but that's the thing. There are no other action figures to worry about, bro. <laughs> well, you know, you have to have the Dark Knight 
action figure. So I had to get that animated Dark Knight action figure. And of course, Todd McFarlane put out a Batman action figure. And then I also had a Greg Capullo uh, Batman action figure. And then I was like, I kind of overdid. I can't get the I can't get this other Batman. So I feel yeah, like I'm a kid again. I haven't bought a Superman action figure. The last one I bought was uh, one based on Lee Bermejo's design, but mm. I never pulled the trigger on the Todd McFarlane stuff. I looked and I said, I should probably get this. And I said, no, if I do that, I'm going to start buying action figures again. I don't have the room. I said, I never take them out of the box. They just sit there. And then my, you know, then I got some little kid always, you know, hey, when are you going to take that uh, toy out the box and give it to me? So <laughs> Better off with the comics if they just don't want to read. I'm like, eh, I don't want to read that. That's the best part when you got kids around because these things just sit around here doing nothing, and then the kids take them and put them and make them bash bash them into each other. I was like a friend <laughs> of mine, well, they call me Uncle Sam. A friend of mine's daughter was over, and she immediately knew what to do: bash them together. <laughs> so, hey, Uncle Calvin, when are you gonna take that? When are you gonna take that uh, that toy out of the uh, the package? Like, <laughs> what, what, when I get around to it. Well, you never take any, oh, you, look at this. This toy's all over the place. You never took them out of the package. You can take it out of the package and give it to me. It's like, you need to get out of here, little kid. You need to get out of here right now. Okay, he said, like, why don't you take this comic book? You know I don't want to read. <laughs> Let's look at the pictures. I can't be bothered with that. I need to bash some toys together. I came down here for. Yep. Overall, I don't know what, the, I just don't know. Part of me is really, normally I think I have my finger on the pulse of this type of stuff. But there's just a lot of different additives to the normal cycle of publishing right now that you know I've never experienced. I've never experienced before. So I look at it. Part of me has a bit of trepidation. I have to admit that you know this could be something where you know, and I might not be able to go and get a comic anymore. And I'm of this guy. I don't want to read a digital comic. And I want to read a comic in my hands. I want to see the art. That's what this medium is about. If it was supposed to be digital. I would, it would be a totally different experience, but this is something that, for, I mean, I can find out, if I, I can read a digital comic for the story, but the experience is supposed to be something in hand. That's what the whole thing goes into with the art and you know, paper and smell, all that stuff that goes along with it. Now, I understand that's changed for a lot of people as comic books became more like trading cards and came with the business. They're just like, hey, let's make certain this thing, uh, it's almost like the toys. Let's make certain this thing stays in the plastic Keep it as pristine as possible. Let's even do better. Let's get it off the CGC, put it in harder plastic, make sure it's got a grade on it, and then we're just going to file it away until there's a movie. And we're going to bring it out, sell it hundreds of dollars. Like, did you ever read it? Huh? You can read these things? Like, yeah, yeah. You can. <laughs> did you ever read it? Did you even read the digital copy? Like, no. You know, so a lot of it's almost treating a comic, which is really for entertainment. It's almost treating like a commodity, like oil or gold or something. It's so strange to see that approach. But for, there are people who realize, hey, you know, there's some there's real value in this stuff in the story, you know, in the art, if you actually read it and you get that experience, not just, you know, you know not just for uh, speculation. And I understand anything that's viable is going to have a healthy amount of speculation. You know, that's everything from movies to radio to television, you know, to, to comic books. I understand that when it comes to entertainment. But you go this route, okay, I just, I rather, I just hope it doesn't go the route where you know, you don't have that experience any longer. That is my major concern. Yeah, well, uh, I feel uh, for you, bro. I, I do, I do. And I think that's that's the key thing. I, I, I just look at it as just, I, I see these cuts and I think that it's just going to be continuing a long pattern. You know, it's like a, a, a cut to the bottom. You know, you can only cut so much before people say, you know, you hit bone. You know what I'm trying to say? What are you doing to make things better? 
DC's had how many different imitations? I think someone was talking about um, right here. I think there's Metal Blood, Metal Blood Lord is talking about DC Rebirth. Yeah, DC Rebirth was what? You know, a, a reaction to um, 52, the new 52. And new 52, what, wasn't that a reaction to Crisis, right? Or it's just that they've had so many different changes of continuing. And you, you have here, and I know they have to do these things to sell, but I have to go back and where I see that, you know, the movies are making billions off of the stuff that they've stayed off of the IP, these guys, and they're not getting any of that money to help support them. And definitely, uh, and according to what is this one, this guy here, his name is uh, No Prize Nation. The comic book shops are the backbone of the industry. These are the guys the marketing was was dealing with where you have, they, 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 they develop the super fans. These are the comics, the movies, the TV shows and the conventions, you know? And here you're cutting these guys and all that knowledge that they once had because uh, it's not making money now, you know? But it takes time to develop talent, you know? It takes time to, to get these things to work the way you want them to work. And yeah. the, the short industry, oh, we lost, we lost $5 million. Video, you gotta go. Um, everybody else is walking out the door. We can't pay these artists this much, you know? That's why I'm saying, I, sorry. So. And I would say one of the things that I was sorry to see with comics is that you used to have these, uh, used to, it was a wider range of comics and you had these backup features. And that's where you've got new talent. You could come in and say, okay, we can't put you on X-Men, but we can put you on Millie the Model. Okay? And you can start, no, that was fine because you were selling Millie the Model. That's how broad comics were. You had romance comics, model comics, uh, superhero comics. And you said, look, I can't put you on Superman because you know we got guys on that. But you can start to learn the business by doing some stuff with Millie the Model. Write a few stories, show that you can submit stories and submit them on time, and you understand the character, and you can move up from there. It got to the point where you can't even, if you're a, a guy like me and you want to write comics, you can't even break in. You got to like literally have somebody in there who's like, you know, like Grant Morrison and says, hey, why don't you give this guy a shot? Let him uh, write a couple of backup features. There's no other process. And that shows you how insular. You know, that shows you how insular comics became. And that's part of the problem that they have overall, where you want to have a little bit more, you want new talent. Well, you got to have a way for talent to come in. Where are you getting people? And where they want is, oh, we want you to be established already. We want you to have uh, done something with a smaller publisher or you published a novel and it was a New York Times bestseller and then we can bring you over. And you have guys over there like, okay, that's one way to go about it. But you have guys who, who really understand these characters and how do they, how do you, they used to do, uh, like little contest here and there, like come in, submit a story, you know, we'll pick somebody. They used to even have a, uh, there was a class you used to take. I think, uh, who was it? Joe Kelly was one of the guys they discovered from this class you took where they were literally taking a class saying, look, you want to write comics? Come take the class. And anybody who showed promise, you know, they would try to do those sorts of things because you have people there who are looking to do stuff. So it, it's hard to say, well, look, you know, I understand the talent takes time, but what are you doing to get talent in? There's like no farm system. It's not like, you know, major league baseball where you can go like to the minors or something. It just becomes, you have to already show that you can sell something and now you can come over. And that's a, that's a delimiter if there ever was one on, you know, on expanding and making certain that you have a robust talent base for you. Yeah, well, it is. The thing I would add to that is that it's a perceptual printing the golden age. Let's look at all the different editions you can get just being the DC, you know, having something like this. There's so much stuff they've been printing in such beautiful editions, you know, whether the cost of them is less or, you know, it doesn't cost them that much. It's like to be at the end of the road or, you know, the bloodletting going on, it's kind of um, sad. So 
they've given us so many editions and I wouldn't want it to become a reprint market where they just decide, you know what, we're going to keep reprinting um, Deadpool and this and Dark Knight, his new Dark Knight edition, that sort of thing. Uh, that would be kind of um, dull in my mind, but, um, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, we have someone, um, Ms. I hope I'm Ms. Hefik one. And they're saying, well, this, this will hopefully lead to more indie titles being created. And that's the same thing I've been saying this whole time that I, I think that hopefully that's, and they have more options to do this stuff and better quality, you know, and the people are gonna be more interested in reading and, and going out to these things, you know? Uh, you know, it's just, it just hits me hard, this whole DC like, stuff because- As far as outside of Marvel, outside of DC? Well, if they're, they're cutting the people who, who are in there, you know? It's, it's hard to see they're going to be there. DC needs to reform, Marvel needs to reform how they do their talent. Probably need to do what um, some of the record companies do where they, they, they go after people on um, SoundCloud who, who are selling a lot, you know, like Doja Cat, for example. I mean, just to name a couple, just name one. There's several other examples. And then what happens, they're selling well, then you, you get brought into the music industry. All right, you've done the minor leagues. Now come play with us. We're going to put some money behind you, you know, and, and or some of the publishers have done like book publishers, you know, these guys do their own indie press and they do well. And they're like, all right, you know what? We'll take care of everything from you and, and we'll help you, you know, we'll take care. All you need to do is just write the book. You don't have to worry about doing everything else like you were doing. And probably that's the model they may have to do to help them out, to find people who have talent and have a following to be able to do that. I mean, I, I remember talking to somebody and they were like, um, they, they're trying to get into music. And so they went to the music exec and the music exec asked them, all right, so how many followers do you have on Instagram? How many followers do you have on SoundCloud? How many followers? And I was like, yo, that's funny, you know? But yeah. That's, that's, that's where a lot of it is with the entertainment industry. It's like you already have to show that you can develop a following on your own first yeah. before you even come over here, which is counterintuitive to the whole thing. Because look, if I can develop all these followings without you, what do I need you for? Yeah, I know, I know. And I guess this is where these guys are going. They've been with corporate corporate job for all these years you know and now you gotta you're getting cut out into the wind basically you know so, so guys let's wrap this up man so it's, it's, it's pretty sad as though i just want to thank everybody who has um, commented on um our, our discussion on this um and we we hope the best for all those people and their families as they go through this difficult time and um hopefully they can come up with some some new things um hopefully we've given some new ideas to to, to, to make you guys think of different ways to look Hopefully we can, um, and, and hopefully if you guys come out with some good product, we can support you. And, and lastly, for the comic book shops and stores and, and, and it, you know, hopefully this doesn't, they're able to continue to maintain doing a good job out there. But hey, final words, guys? Cal? No, no, I think I've said enough. Yeah. Petey? That's what I mean. I just want the stores and everyone to keep going. So, and DC to be around. Not just be Superman and Batman mysteries. <laughs> anyway, that's that's all for me. We're getting more Batman. That's what they're saying. There's gonna be more Batman. I don't know how much more, but it's gonna be more Batman as it is. So listen, everybody. Spin a rack. Out. Oh, sorry. Subscribe, comment, give us a big thumbs up. Spin a rack. Out. 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 Later, guys. <laughs>